0: Hello, I'm Cade Wilcox, the host of The Primitive Podcast. On today's leadership episode, we had the privilege of having Mayor Dan Pope of Lubbock here in the studio with us. And so spanning from you know 20 plus years in leading a business and then his uh, time as mayor, Dan had some really great insight into leadership and some really good things to share. And so I was pleased to have him on our podcast and think you'll really gain a lot of insight uh, from from his experience in today's podcast. I really appreciate you being here, and I know you're exceptionally busy. So, it's great to be here as your friend. Yeah, it means a lot that, that you would join us. So I, I think most people listening to our podcast know exactly who you are. I mean, because of your leadership over the last four years as mayor of Lubbock. But why don't you why don't you tell us about your background and uh, maybe even some things like what motivated you to run for mayor and you know if that was something you always kind of thought about. But just kind of go into your background. Where'd you grow up? You know, what how'd you get to Lubbock and how'd you how'd you end up the mayor of uh, of Lubbock?
1: Well, it's it's good to be here. I I am I'm a native Texan. In fact, an eighth generation Texan. Um, my uh, my dad's side of the family came with uh, Stephen F. Austin. We were part of the old three hundred. So I'm a, God, I, I I have you know I uh, I'm very proud of that Texas heritage. My, my parents met at Texas Tech in the 1950s. My dad was a first generation college student from Temple. My mom was a rancher's daughter from West Texas. They met here, so. Uh, um, we bleed red and black at our house, and uh, my brothers and I are all red Raiders. Our dad joked that uh, that we could go to college anywhere we wanted, but he'd pay for it if we went to Texas <laughs> <That's> Tech. <right. laughs> so we all went to Tech. And that was a great it was a great decision. Uh, I spent ten years with Xerox Corporation out at, when after college, and I got got the. The, had the best experience I could have I, I sometimes joke that I I probably earned two MBAs uh, in that period of time I I was in it was in Midland Odessa and then Austin and then Nashville Tennessee um, got to do sales and sales management um, it, it's when I joke about the MBA deal I was uh, I twice applied for for graduate programs and was accepted but I got then I got transferred before I could actually uh, Participate, but it, it was a, that was a great experience. I learned a lot. Um, Xerox was—I didn't know it when I went to work for them, but they were struggling for their own life and went through the whole uh, total quality management uh, uh, experience. They were early adopter of that from American company standpoint. We won, we won a Malcolm uh, Baldridge Quality Award while I was there, National Quality Award, uh, and I learned some lessons that served me uh, very well every day of my life. In 1994. I'd married uh, my wife Denise, we'd met in Austin when I was there, got married when we, when we, after I'd moved to Nashville, and um, we'd lived a couple years in, in Tennessee, and decided that probably the corporate world wasn't for us, and we're looking for opportunities. Had a chance to leave Xerox and, and become a Xerox partner, and... Uh, actually paid me to leave, you know. I guess that <laughs> should have told me something there, there. But we started a business in Lubbock called Benchmark, Benchmark Business Solutions. We operated it for just about 20 years and sold it a few years ago. Uh, and st- I stayed around to help uh, to help with the transition. The business still does very well in Lubbock. It's, um, and we still remain close to the, the team there. Uh, I never grew up with being mayor on a list of, of uh, uh, goals, life—you know, life goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when when Mayor Robertson decided to run for Congress a- after uh, Representative Nagabauer's uh, uh, announcement to retire, and as you recall, we had you know eleven or twelve people run for that office uh, that that uh, Jody Arrington ultimately won. It opened up the the it was going to be an open mayor's seat in in May of sixteen, and we talked about it and. I, I I always thought that Lubbock uh, um, uh, apologized for first we 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 apologized for ourselves way too much and we didn't we didn't stress all the positives that were going on here and I also felt like uh, the council had been part of the problem maybe and maybe he needed to be more part of the solution and I thought maybe a different kind of leadership might might uh, serve us well so anyway I was fortunate enough to win a. Uh, a wide open race in May of sixteen, and I'm uh, now uh, in the sort of the last month of my second two-year term and have announced that I'm gonna uh, give it a try again in uh, next May. So hopefully I can convince the uh, Lubbock citizens that uh, to to give us two more years and uh, keep working. There's a lot of work to do
0: what's been the biggest surprise you know leading as mayor you know you come from the private sector where you owned your own business for almost 20 years um what 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 from a leadership perspective has been like maybe a big surprise that maybe you didn't anticipate or you didn't expect i mean it didn't have to be a bad thing i'm just curious like if there's some major differences between your role now and you know leading in the private sector for 20 years well there's several
1: things i think are really interesting first of all everybody, call, everybody calls you mayor yeah, you, you, know, you go right. you go from being dad to being a mayor you get a new name yeah. and, and uh uh, there's people in our office down at City Hall that you know I, that I, I've known for a long time, and all of a sudden my name changed. I thought that was interesting. Um, you also sign a bunch of things. It's amazing how many. It's, it's I sign all the time. Huh. You know, those are just a couple, you know, oddities about it. I think, I think probably the 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 biggest surprise to me is, you know, you sign up to try to 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 run to lead the city, but um, you don't really realize, I guess, until you're in the position. You know what that means. It's a, there's a, uh, there's a lot of really cool parts about it, but there's a lot of things about it that are, are, a, uh, uh, you know, it's big old, you know, uh, real significant kind of things. And, right,
0: big responsibility. Yeah, I mean,
1: you get. Um, I remember when 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 Coach Dykes when Spike passed away, um, oh, two and a half years ago, and and you know they I'd known Coach Dykes for a long time, but we weren't we weren't great friends. But I get a phone call, you know, wanting a wanting a, a quote, uh, you know, about what he meant to our community, and it, that's not a huge deal. But that's what they expect the the mayor to do, and and um, I think the most the real I think probably the, the biggest slap in the face when you realize it's, it's for real was when, um, in the summer of 16, if you'll recall, we had uh, uh, five policemen killed in Dallas um, uh, by a madman, by a murderer. That, and uh, uh, they were, the police were out um, providing security um, for a demonstration uh, what as, as Americans, what we one of the things we we cleave to uh, cling to um, most you know most proudly is our built our ability to peacefully protest, and that's what happened in Dallas. And it was a Black Lives Matters type protest, and there had been some you know police shootings. And at the end of the night, uh, end of the 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 protest, this guy kills five Dallas policemen, and so the next morning. Um, you know, I start getting phone calls from the local media and talking to our guys. And I think you, uh, um, you know, you, uh, it's just, you realize it's for real. And you Mm -hmm. particularly, it's easy to talk about public, about public safety and you know it's job one and this, and we're gonna we're gonna vote for it on our budget, and we're gonna do these things, and we're gonna make sure we have got all the right technology and the right training and all the support. But you know those men and women put their 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 uh, uh, they put they put their lives on the line every time they go to work, and and so uh, you know it's up the it's cool to be the leader. It's it's a great opportunity to help move our community forward, but there's some real. Uh, there's a lot to it, and, yeah. and uh, some heavy
0: moments where yeah. the realism of the situation is different than if you're kind of an outside looking in. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed
1: the economic development part of the job. I enjoy going out and visiting employers. I enjoy cutting ribbons, but but for every bit of that, there's a, a real
0: um, brevity to some of the leadership.
1: Yeah, there's a real um, you know. Uh, some of the stuff's pretty heavy.
0: Yeah, makes sense. So, what what do you, how do you see your role as a leader? So let let's let's think of your role as 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 lead, as, as the mayor, right? So, uh, and maybe the, maybe it's not different. Maybe you see your 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 leadership and your role and your responsibility, you know, at Benchmark the same way that you see it as leader. And if so, then then that's great. But talk a little bit about like what what's your primary role as a leader of your organization, and how do you view your own leadership, and what's critical about your own leadership, and just how do you approach your leadership.
1: Well, let's let's we could talk for an hour on that. <laughs> Go um, for it. <laughs> I, I I think uh I think first and foremost um effective leaders are are good communicators. So you you need to be able to to uh define what success is and uh, help your people understand, you know, what it'll look like when you get there. Mm. That doesn't mean doesn't mean that you have to uh, define every move in fact you want people that can figure out better ways to get there than you can as a leader i think leaders spend an inordinate amount of time working on culture uh, i i believe like i think peter drucker first said that culture eats st- uh, strategy for lunch breakfast lunch and dinner i mean culture is is that's what you stand for that's that's who you are that's what's important uh, that that is uh what is an organization or a family or a church you know that that's what you coalesce around yeah. um i i believe that uh good leaders lead from the front they uh they're they're not uh they're not going to ask their people to do things they're not willing to do themselves. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now there, there's a fine line there. I mean, I, if you if you look if you study the Civil War and you look at Stonewall Jackson, there there's an argument to be made that he maybe was a little too much on the front line. And, and had he had he found a way to not always be on the front line, the war changed when he was killed, and he was killed on the front line. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, because he had to be right in the middle of it all. So, uh, I. Uh, uh, but you, you, need as a leader, you need to be willing to to to, uh, uh, to put yourself in the middle of it all, and whether that's servant leadership or not, I'm mean, you know I'm not sure how you want to, sure. de- how you want to define that. Yeah, no, That's good. Um, I think leaders uh, are 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 good listeners. You know, we talked about communication. I talked about that first, but I think leaders uh, um, learn to listen, and and. I think when you when you listen, you learn, and maybe I should end with that. And I think leaders are are uh, uh, always learning. That's great. I mean, I mean they, they, leaders yeah. are. I mean, you because you know. And I know one of your. We, I think you sent me some ideas about what we may talk about. We'll get to talk about failure in a little while. But but, uh, I mean, leaders, if you're not learning from the good and the bad, and let's, let's underscore the bad, because if you're not out there, the only reason you're not going to have failures, is you're not out there enough. Mm, and so I think leaders learn, whether that's the way they read, whether that's the people they associate
0: with, that whether it's just their ability to reflect back on their own experiences. That's really good. I mean, I, I'm fascinated, and I would love for you to talk a little bit more about listening. Um, another one of our guests, Mr. Bryant, the superintendent of Lubbock Cooper Schools, he talked a lot about listening as a leader. And and I have to I have to admit it's not something you hear a lot about. Like when you hear, you know, when you read in magazines or listen to podcasts and you're you're learning about characteristics of leaders, I haven't run across, you know, listening as a characteristic of a good leader. And it makes total sense when you hear it. So, what do you, what is that? What, what does that look like for you? And what are what are some of the th- ways in the past 20 years of your own leadership? that you've been impacted by, by this idea of really listening as a leader. Could you unpack that a bit?
1: Well, I, I think part of, of leadership and success is being able to build teams. Mm-hmm. And people want to be on a team where their voice matters. So listening and and in, engaging in, in that regard is is. A big part of it. The same way with if you're if you're out trying to to develop clients, if you're in business, the, you know that client doesn't want to. It's not about how smart you are. Mm. It's most often about how you understand their business or what their what their needs are. I think it's the same thing at at City Hall. We spend a we spend a of time listening. And sometimes it's via email. Sometimes it's via citizen comments in a meeting. It's most often face to face when people come in with an idea or a complaint. But um, I think you learn when you listen. I, I, we, years ago, I was, doing some, I was in some sales training, and, and this trainer said, L- listening is not thinking about what you're going to say next. Yeah. So this this idea about being an active listener is uh,
0: versus just sitting there preparing your that's, remarks. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is which is commonplace. I mean that, that uh, even even thinking of that in my own leadership, like half the time when you're listening, you're basically positioning what you're hearing for your next you know, your next comment or, or, or what you're going to respond with. So that's, that's challenging. I mean, that's, that's a really good insight to talk about failure. You you mentioned it a minute ago in terms of how failure can really impact your learning, but like on a, on a personal level, when, whether, whether it was as a business leader or whether it's as mayor, how do you personally kind of approach and, and view, uh, failure?
1: Well, I think it's inevitable. Um, I think we're human so therefore we will err, uh, I think uh, um, if you, in my belief is you, you, uh, you take f- failure and you, you try to learn from failure. Um, I, I once read that, that experience is a sum of all the mistakes you've made. And, and I, I have reached that point in my life where I, I spend a lot of time reflecting about uh, things that I've learned but uh i i think every morning when you pull out of the driveway you 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 have to accept the fact that failure is a part of 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 life and um i i, I you know we we i used to coach uh part you know team members at benchmarks encouraging them to to make decisions that would take care of their clients, with the idea being that that uh, most of the times they would make the right decision. But but even if they didn't make the right decision, we could realize that. So let's we would we, we would we would see there's failure, but we could we could uh, pivot. We could make go, get get on the right path and often solve that problem. Faster than my our opposite, our com, com, uh, competitor who was, you know, paralyzed in, in analysis and so, you know, it's this idea. Let's not make the same mistake twice, but let's be willing to fail, uh, if if it if it's done for, for the for the right reasons. Now, failure to get your get your out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. Right. Okay, right. But but failure in this idea that. Um, on, on this path towards trying to achieve something. Sign me up for that.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's really good. How do you uh, pursue personal growth as a leader? How do you stay inspired? How do you empower your own leadership? I mean, in your position, just given the nature of it, you know things are always pulling at you. people are requesting time. People are requesting meetings, you're putting out this fire, you're wor- working on this opportunity or you're in you know meetings all the time. How do you prioritize your own growth? And how do, you, how do you develop, Dan? How do, how do you stay, you know, empowered and inspired well, as a leader?
1: I think first and foremost, you have to take care of yourself. So um, I, I, uh, I'm I not sure it's as much for my physical body as if my mental body. But for me, that means uh, um, a workout, you mm-hmm. know, four or five days a week, uh, most often very first thing in the morning. So I, it gets done. Um, it, it clears my mind, certainly. And um, I think... Uh, uh, I'm a reader. Uh, unfortunately, the, the the way this job is set up, most of the reading I do when I'm in town is is work related. Um, so that leads me to the fact that for me to really um, uh, get time to um, you know work on personal development, it's probably time when I'm not in town and I when I get, things can get quiet and I can get away for a bit and read. And, uh, often spend time with the niece and just uh, uh, or even time by myself, I find time by myself, just um, if I can do that and be quiet. Um, I, I learn a, a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think the other thing is that I, I, I want to associate myself with other men and women that I think are successful. and I learn a lot from that. I learn, by, I learn from watching. I learn from ask, from asking questions. Um, sometimes I just learn from, um, from just the things they've done and their, their good ideas. And, and, uh, so whether it's other mayors, whether it's business leaders, whether it's preachers, uh, you know, uh, coaches, I mean, I, 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 find, uh, I find, uh, you know, watching, uh, people like, uh, Chris Beard or Greg Sands or Matt Wells, I, I find that, I find that to be fascinating and, and, you know, how they build teams. I think it's, a uh, um, I think I think preachers have a really difficult job that and you know in, in not only being men and you know men or women of faith but uh, and leading a, a congregation but all else that they deal with the counseling aspects mm-hmm. of it that you know unfortunately they're leaned on most heavily in times of, uh, of difficulty yeah. of crisis and and uh, so uh, I I uh, um, I want to be around those people that I think, uh, you know, make all boats rise, and and and, and that's I where I want to spend my time, associate myself time, associate myself with that.
0: Yeah, it's good, good insight. What? Uh, so this is this is super practical and. And, and I, I don't exactly know how this works as mayor, and so if you want to answer this from a, you know, kind of your past experience as a business owner, but how do you lead direct reports? I mean, really practically. So like, how do you help them grow? How often do you meet? What does communication look like with them? So for those listening who are leading, you know, four, five, six, 10, 12 people directly that report up to them and into them, you know, what from your experience have you learned about leading direct reports you know, both philosophically and and even maybe more importantly, practically, what does that look like? Yeah,
1: it's a great, great question. So it's, that's one of the real challenges about being mayor is is or differences about being mayor is that the city council operates much more as a board of trustees. Mm-hmm. We set strategic direction. We have the oversight function. We approve the budget. I mean, the, the, those the audit, those type things. In fact, only three people work for the city council: the city manager, the city attorney, and the city secretary.
0: Yeah. So it's. I don't think most people know that. I mean, I, I I know it's been the last couple of years where I learned that. You know, when you think of the mayor and the city council, you think they're kind of leading the whole city and all the employees and all the city staff, and uh, I think that's probably new to most people.
1: But not the way our charter is written. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's, uh, So, it, in fact, that's one of the real challenges is staying in your lane. Mm-hmm. What is your job? And so um, I do spend uh, uh, quite a bit of time with the city manager, city attorney, and city secretary that uh, – uh, but the reality of it is they work for all seven of us. I think as a leader, um, you know, with direct reports, uh, I, I uh, you know, the word accountability become a bit trite. We all talk about, you know, accountability, accountability. I, I, I do think uh, that as a leader, you, you want to find the kind of people that, um, You know, I I had sort of three things. I talk, I want energy. You know, I I want people that can get out of bed in the morning um, and can go all day long. I want intelligence, smart enough to do the job, okay? Probably smarter than me. That's not a high bar to jump over. (laughs) And then I want integrity, okay? Someone that I can trust. Someone that our client can trust. So I tried to build my teams with those three things in mind, and then I, I think you provide great training. I think you you uh, you clearly define the goals. I think you make sure the resources are in, in place to, to allow your people to achieve those goals. I think you um, are there for for support as, as needed, but for the most part, you get you get out, get that all the way. Yeah, you know that I mean won't. that's right. I mean because I, I don't I don't hire if we need to go from point. If we're at point A today and we need to go to point B, and I hire you because of those things we just talked about, and, and we provide you the training, and everybody's always gone along this path to point B, but you find a better way to get to point B, that's what we're looking for. And, and so, if it's so prescriptive that you only have to do it the way we've always done it, then then I don't, we don't, you know, we don't need you in the organization. So I want, you know, I I, don't, I want uh, I want people that work with me to not check their brain at the door. That's okay. good. We're not going through the sure. motions. Okay? And a lot of
0: times that can happen when someone's working for for a strong leader. It's it's almost like the leader really takes kind of precedent, you know, and even, even you know, the, the, the space to sh- collaborate and talk, it's like the leader's kind of always driving that. And so that that's a fascinating statement.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I believe. I yeah. think, uh, I mean, you want to hire people that are smarter and— and always more talented yeah. than you are if you can find them. And, that's and, good. Yeah,
0: so that's what I believe. What, uh, who, who are some of the people who have had the greatest influence? Sounds like you're well-read, so this might be a hard hard question, but it, whether it be from your background or people you've led and followed kind of from a distance, like who, who's someone who's made a great influence on your leadership and what are some of the things you've learned from them? Well, I,
1: I've got a lot of role models when it comes to that. Um, my, 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 my parents remain... Uh, Strong role models for me. They're very principled people. Their 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 faith and their value systems are remarkable. And um, I was fortunate enough uh, to uh, get to know Drayton McLean, the um, Texas businessman, former owner of the Astros. I got to know Drayton um, early in life. He, I grew we I grew up in Temple, where he lives, and. He was my Sunday school teacher in high school, so I've. He's remains a, a encourager and a friend and, and a mentor to this day. Um, I worked for some. Uh, um, I worked for some awful good folks at, at 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 Xerox that I get to spend. You know. I. I uh, um, there's a, a a book that I read, um, in my. Mid '30s. It's a book called Halftime. I'm going blank right now on the Texas businessman that wrote it. wrote it It'll hit me in a minute. But the, the thesis of the book was, um, you know, changing your life's work from success to significance. And it was this idea that that when you when people write your epitaph um, or inscribe on your gravestone you don't want him to say he spent he spent a lot of time at the office or he missed all the family dinners or he made a bunch of money but he he didn't die with many friends i think you i think you need to you know it's about um uh it's a it's about uh what's important to you and and what what are those uh those 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 values and so I you know I've been impacted I mean I I'm a I'm a um, good to great uh, Jim Collins book I think made it made an impact on me as it did a, a lot of people I went back and read his books before and, and the ones after that I, th- I think his management style seems to, to jive with me I mean I, I've read I mean my lot my my uh, business book library is off the chart and I often find something that I can uh, pull out of nearly everything, and, and and then I think you blend it with your with your own style. But uh, you know, I think today I, I'm get to I get to, uh, I get to uh, watch some uh, some pretty fantastic leaders in our community that I can learn from, and um, uh, that that puts me in a cool spot. I mean, I'm a. Robert Taylor at United Supermarkets is. I'm a big fan of his. I like his humble style of leading. Um, I like, you know, that you know what's important to Robert, and that never changes. Um, I feel like, uh, I think Kirby Hocutt's Kirby Hocutt that runs the tech athletic department's a remarkable leader. Um, I, I uh, I'm, I'm I, I find him to be a, um, a, uh, uh, somebody that I. That I look at and try to uh, take from. I I, um, I serve with some some mayors around the state that I that I have learned a lot from, and I enjoy working with. Um, uh, you know, Mayor Price in Fort Worth's been at it a long time. Uh, my friend Ginger Nelson up in Amarillo, we we compare notes a lot, and and I think I learn learn from those folks. So, you know, whether it's something you're reading or something you're watching or just you know, back to what we talked about a little while ago—who who you spend your time with—to me,
0: that's how you continue to learn. Yeah, that's really good. How how do you balance aspiration and contentment? So when you think of aspiration, um, you know, how do you how do you stay you know balanced, kind of stay centered, kind of stay focused on what you're doing and what's important, um, and yet kind of address and and kind of deal with aspiration, like. Uh, what, what, what kind of advice do you have as it relates to aspiration? Yeah,
1: so that was a there was a there was a twenty year period in my life where that was that was very very difficult for me
0: because I think
1: I would be you know I, I would think I was relatively happy at, at where I was but but I was always fighting that um, that itch that urge whatever to be something smarter better more successful or whatever in a different role. Um I think uh somewhere maybe maybe fifteen years ago, um I came to the realization that you know, my previous life was you know, I sold copiers for a living. I mean, it was fancier than that, but that was the reality of it and and um i i I reached the conclusion that I wanted to be the very best at that and and and, and it helped me really um sort of fend off that little you know that bird on your yeah, shoulder sure. or whatever okay. it may be yeah. let, let, let's just keep doing what we're doing and do it really 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 well let's be the very best at it and the we're at you know as, as mayor i get asked all the time about what's next you know what, what office are you going to run for next what's what's down the road and uh you know, I, I try to tell people my, my feet are planted solidly in Lubbock, Texas, that I get up every morning um, really motivated to serve the citizens of, of Lubbock, Texas and the people of West Texas. I love this job. And what's next for me is what's, whatever, what's around the corner in an hour this afternoon, <laughs> right. tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, this weekend. Um, I, I, my feet are planted right here in Lubbock, Texas, and, and for me, that helps me visualize the fact that that's where I am and that that's, this is what's most important and this is what I've signed up to do. There'll be a time in the future where where um, I'll need to go on and do something else. And, uh, you know, I'll deal with that at that point. But yeah, that's uh, good. Uh, it, It's uh, I think coming to peace with your uh, reaching peace with yourself uh, about about happiness and how, how you, success looks like yeah how you measure that yeah. success i think that's exactly exactly what it is and and you know at one time in my life it might have been how many new offices we could open or whatever our sales goals were or you know uh you know uh, bottom line you know success or customer sat whatever it may be i think over as you go through life that that changes some mm. and and I mean, I think we measure success a little differently, and, and today at, at at City Hall, we measure it different, differently. Certainly, I think personally, I, do, I measure it a b- bit differently.
0: So that's good. Thanks for sharing that. What a uh, last question for you. What what? Uh, how old are you? Fifty one.
1: Fifty six. Thank 56. you. Thank you. That's good. Yes. Uh,
0: fifty six. Fifty six. What would the fifty six year old uh, Dan Pope, knowing what you know now? what would you tell your 30 or 35 year old self? Like what, what lessons would you, you know, if you could go back and and talk to your 30 year old self, what, what would you share? What, 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 what critical pieces of advice would you, would you give yourself 25 years ago? Knowing what you know now?
1: Well, I I think, um, Hmm. I would make sure that family was first. Mm. You know, as much as I uh, have attempted to do that there's probably times that that my family you know lost out and so I think um, you know th- that that's very important I don't think I have a regret there but I would you know I would that's I'd underscore that the priority of it yeah, yeah. I think so um, I would say that there's no time like the present I, I think uh, personally to some extent and certainly I've watched it uh, um, with many people that that they uh, couldn't ever find the right time to jump mm-hmm. and to go, you know, ch- to go chase their dreams, to jump in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there's no time like the present. Yeah, that's good. And you know, what made you successful to a certain point in your life is not going to go away if you fail. So if, if you know if it's starting your own business, if it's uh, making some big investment, if w- whatever it may be, um, do it, and uh, and do it the best, the very very best way you can do it. And if it uh, if it happens that that it doesn't turn out like you want it to, then you still have those God given graces and skills, and people still are going to love you. Mm-hmm. And then you you just keep chopping wood you can there'll be another chance but but uh jump in the deep end i think would be one of my pieces of advice and then i think maybe finally would be um um take take a little more time to smell the to smell the flowers you know to, to enjoy the experience i think i'm guilty at times of uh, of accomplishing something and then looking you know there's always the next the next ladder to climb or the next mountain to to scale and and i think uh, uh you know, enjoy the ride a, a bit, and, and I, uh, I, I, you know, I watched uh, I watched the Red Raider basketball team last year through the, you know, all the way to the final game, and I I thought one of the things that 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 Chris, the coach Beard did a great job with was, he is as as intense and as well prepared and as all in as they were, he still made sure that his guys. Didn't miss the experience. Didn't have it. You know, he wanted to make sure they smelled the roses. That's good. And and I think um, um, I I would advise that's that's advice I would give a, a much
0: younger a much younger Dan. That's really great. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for joining us on the podcast yeah. and for all the the wisdom and insight you've shared. And thanks for being a great leader and leading leading our city so effectively. I, I know I speak for a lot of people who are just really grateful and, and proud that that you're our mayor and are excited for you to continue to be our mayor so uh, thank you it's a it's
1: it's my pleasure I guess I would be missing something if I didn't close by saying Kate it's a great day in of Texas <laughs> there you go.
0: perfect indeed